Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Tech Talk is underway on a Saturday. Let's get those numbers out there early. 651-989-9226-651. And I, I did it again. I should get fined. Wrong number. 651 461 it just goes to show how hard uh, it is to break bad habits. Should I start a a jar here in the studio and put a quarter in every time you do that? You you, you should. It should be a buck every time. Uh, 651-461-9226 is the number, and that's good for a call or text. Once again, uh, 651-461-9226. We already have some texts lined up on the program, and we'll be going there momentarily. But first, let's bring in Doug Swinhart. If you're having problems with your computer, hardware, software, whatever, Doug's a man. Doug, how you been on this lovely day? Oh, it's nice weather. It's a little bit cool, but it sure is nice outside. Yeah, it is uh, a beauty for sure, and good to visit with you uh, here on News Talk A3O-WCCO. And, Doug, we we brought it up from time to time, and I, I think it's worth uh, revisiting again, and that is uh, Windows 11. Uh, I, I'm starting to see more marketing for Windows 11. What's going on? What do you know about it? Uh, yeah, they're going to be pushing this pretty hard, but um, what, what I'm seeing from the tech sites that I watch is there's an awful lot of people that are saying, well, maybe it's time to, to give Linux a try, or you or FreeBSD, or possibly some other new operating system that's coming out. People seem to be a little bit upset with the, 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 the hidden thing of, yep, your computer will run. Well, no, it's got to be a certain age processor, certain speed of uh, memory, and drive speed, when Microsoft, I don't think, has ever taken that approach to this level, though it's really different. The fact that you have to have a, a, a trusted platform module, which this is a first, that, you, that they require a TPM. And some of the people who are configuring computers really are not happy with that. It's going to be a real challenge, I think, for Microsoft to tell somebody that's bought a computer in the last several months that, well, it just doesn't quite match up the equipment that you have. There's literally tens of thousands of computers that are brand new on the shelf that will not qualify for Windows 11. They are coming out with workarounds, and that's going to be helpful, but it seems like an awful lot of extra effort that shouldn't be needed. It, It will be an interesting transition for absolute sure. This is a, this one's going to heat up pretty good, I think. Yeah, and Doug, it just seems to me uh, at this point in time, unless you're buying a brand new machine, 
why would you bother with this upgrade if your machine's running? It, it gets back to what we've been saying for years in the program. If, if it's not broke, don't fix it. It was like those upgrades to Windows 7 or, or Windows 8 along the way where a lot of people wanted to jump on the bandwagon when Windows 10 was first available. Uh, if it were me, it would be a wait-and-see approach. Oh, I think that that's the smartest way that you're going to go. Have that mindset with almost everything with your computer. The latest and the greatest is a fun thing, yes, but not on a production machine. Not on a machine you're paying your bills with, and today you're going to have to have a computer in your house for many, many reasons. It's no longer just a plaything or a toy or a luxury. This has become indispensable in, in, in American homes, I believe. So it's going to be a, a, a real interesting, but I always tell people it's great to be on the cutting edge, but stay away from that bleeding edge. Let, let somebody else do the beta testing. If you got a couple of machines, absolutely, go for it. But with these restrictions on 11, that's going to be a little bit more difficult. So most of the time when people are testing, they're testing on older equipment, and they want their newer equipment to, have, to be ready to go, to be what's considered a production machine. So it's... Um, yeah, it's kind of a push. It really is. I think it's good. this particular aspect of what Microsoft is doing, I think it's going to push people to chest out Linux some more, and that also is a good thing. So it's uh, going to be interesting for absolute certain. Phone lines and our text line is open, 651-461-9226, 651-461-9226. This one came in earlier before we actually went on the air, and it's about Windows 7 and Android apps, and they're wondering about how those are going to work. I I would assume there's got to be a plan for Android apps to work alongside. Uh, Interestingly enough, if the people want that, if they're serious, they can actually go to distrowatch.com, D-I-S-T-R-O-W-A-T-C-H.com, and there's a new operating system that is an Android system that goes on a PC. Now, that's going to limit you from some of the normal PC software and applications, but if you're really interested in getting those apps, I would almost say maybe it's time to start learning about hard drive partitioning. Partition your hard drive and set up a secondary boot that takes you right into an Android system. It's gonna. This is going to be a push. Google is... Uh, is, is bringing together these operating systems. And I think Android operating system is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Again, going to be very interesting. And if you want to keep your Windows machine, people can also do a little bit of research and learn about VirtualBox. comes from a small little company in Minneapolis called Oracle. You know how little they are, right, Steve? Sure. That's a big company, huge. And they've got a tremendous reputation, and you can download VirtualBox free of charge and it actually turns into a machine on its own within another operating system. You can install it in Windows. You can install it in Linux. Work vice versa, back and forth. I really am, and spent a lot of time with VirtualBox last several months, and I, I can't say enough good things about it. They've come a long way over the, over the years, and it's a great technology. So there's lots of alternatives. But if they're really serious about Android apps on a, on a PC, I'd say go to DistroWatch. Click on the link and read about it, see what others are doing with it. That's getting a lot of attention on the, in the Linux community. So it's um, going to be good. I, we live in interesting times, Steve. There's no question about that. 
Yeah, and it, it is confusing. You thought, well, Windows 10 was going to be the end-all, be-all, and now we have Windows 11. And we, we keep wondering, when it comes to Windows, when are they going to stop this madness and just do updates to the current system? Because, once again, I think one of the big frustrations, even since the earliest days of, of computing and personal computing at the home level is, and I remember people going through this. Well, I don't know if I want to buy a computer now because there could be, you know, a new operating system that comes out that'll make my current hardware obsolete. And and I I get the sense in, in all of this that um, they've done an operating system that that isn't going to work with with older machines. And and you brought that up right off uh, the top. But but that's frustrating to me as a consumer that. They continue to design operating systems that that make older hardware obsolete. Doesn't seem fair to me. Oh, it's a um, it's a tough game, and I think too that there's a lot of rumors on the net that well, you know, if we look back through history, every other version of Windows was either a flop or dangerously close to a complete fail. Uh, we talk about Vista sometimes, and you know the next one. When we went from um, Windows ME to Windows 2000 Professional, Windows 2000 Professional was a wonderful operating system. Might be even one of the best that Microsoft ever put out. On the market, push, push, push for six months and jerked it all off. And so people are wondering about this 11 because this is going to be the cycle where, well, now we're back on the the train of how come it doesn't work and how come this is missing that we had in the last three versions and I agree with that. I think that if it's hindering the sale of new computers, and this is where Provisor really pays off, because if you update an operating system, Provisor goes in and takes off all that other garbage that's left on there. So it's almost like having a new PC that came with Windows 11. But here again, make sure you've got the right hardware or the workarounds to get your hardware running. And there's going to be some things coming up here in the next couple of months that hopefully will help us save some time at that. I don't have it down pat yet. It's um, we got a ways to go with this one. I it's too much marketing, and I agree. There should be a little more emphasis on protecting the consumer. All right, Doug. Let's go to the phone lines. Let's bring in Clarence from Cambridge. Clarence, you're on the air with Doug. It is Tech Talk. Hello. Yes. Hi. Hi. Glad to show. Watch your show. Um, tech man, you had a, you worked on my computer a couple months ago and the other day I turned it on and my screen came on as far as push F10 setup and all that stuff. And it froze. I've tried it, a new it, went back in, it, it. it went back into a setup mode. It went back into a setup yeah. mode. Yep. The, I have an HP and the blue screen came on and it said push F10 ESC. I, thought it was my keyboard so i changed that and it still doesn't i can't get uh, you better give you better give me a call after the show and i'll connect up and take a look at that all right very good clarence we appreciate that uh and t- typically when a machine does that you know whether you've worked on it or not um that that's something that probably needs attention that's that's that that could be you know, some sort of hardware issue, couldn't it, Doug? If uh, actually, I'm thinking if if I did this, I'm trying. I'm just racking my brain trying to remember Clarence. I'm sure that once I see his computer, I'll recall. But chances are, 
Some of the updates for Microsoft Windows go right in and they start adding to the master boot record. If I had a dual boot system set up, we might just have to just as simple as going back in the BIOS and redirecting which boot to take. I, I think that's probably the most likely. And if not, well, we'll just have to do some investigation. It, um, hardware is much more stable and steady, I think, today than it's ever been. Our hardware is just really, really good and really low prices as well. I think it's probably some update factor, uh, some little anomaly that's taken place, but we'll get it taken care of. All right, quick break. By the way, we'll have Doug's phone number and email at the end of the program. Uh, Here is our number, 651-461-9226, and that's good. You, You can text the program. Or you can call the program, and that's good for all our shows here at News Talk, E3OWCCO, seven days a week. Uh, Feel free to call or text 651-461-9226. We'll be right back, and we'll have more here in a Saturday News Talk, E3OWCCO. Tech Talk with Doug on a Saturday, a sunny, breezy October day, and uh, you're welcome to join us. If you're having problems with your computer, hardware, or software, whatever, feel free to call the number 651-461-9226. That's that's the key, 651-461-9226. Doug, this comes up from time to time. Uh, I I know you you spend a lot of time trying to help people preserve older hardware, older computers by installing Linux and that sort of thing. And that is good. But uh, when is it time? When, when do you tell someone, yeah, it's time to get a new computer? I mean, w- w- what for you is is the giveaway? I, I know there's a tipping point dollar-wise here um, when, when it comes to hardware, but when, when do you recommend to people it's time to get a new computer? Oh, over and above that is actually stability. And speed. Some of the older equipment, I have a 12-inch Acer in here right now that I put a solid-state drive in, a solid-state drive. And I've been saying for years that no matter what you got for a computer, it will quadruple your performance. That did not happen with this one. I barely got maybe 15% increase. Well, it's on that machine, it's time. It's, it's, it's more about the stability of the computer, if it's running and you can rely on it and save it, that's that's really the tipping point for me. You don't have to have the fastest computer. If you're running and you're able to get the max that you're paying for for Internet, that really should suffice. Uh, now, that said, software is evolving in light years. So if you decide to go with a, another package that requires more power, more hardware, then you got to either add equipment or it's time to upgrade. But I think that we should be hanging on to this equipment as long as possible and updating it and keeping that running. After all, it's solid-state circuitry, and if we keep it cool and keep the microchips all healthy, it should run and run and run. The idea here is to somehow stay with at least on an even keel with the advances in hardware. I put together two laptops uh, last week and a half, um, a 16-inch HP, which is a strange screen size, gorgeous computer, and an MSI, and it's called their Steel Series. 
These things both came with Wi-Fi 6. On wireless, I'm getting almost 200 megabits per second for transfer speed for, for download. That's incredible. If you're on the Internet a lot and you look at, well, I do this for a living, and let's face it, Steve, we live in an era where time is money. That might actually propose that people should have another computer as well. But you don't need to get rid of the old one. Keep it for a backup. That's a tough, tough question, and it's individual. But I really think that we should be hanging on to that equipment. When you go to recycle it, it's first of all, it could be difficult to get rid of unless you take it to, like, Tech Dump. But it's not going to go away. I mean, this is we're harming the environment. And with this chip shortage, it might be wise to just keep that computer, even if it isn't running at all, because those chips might turn out to be valuable when they're taking them off, take off the, the motherboard. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. It's a tough, tough question, and definitely an individual question. Tech Talk with Doug continues. The number is 651 651-461-9226. 651-461-9226. Uh, Doug, from our text line, do we need an antivirus program for a MacBook Pro. It doesn't say how old it is, but generally the Macs need antivirus. I generally will tell people I don't think so because you've got the backup of the iCloud and the Mac OS, and it's it's definitely not open sourced anymore because you know what uh, what Wozniak did is is to create it's definitely a proprietary operating system and it is lovely. I just think that for ninety nine percent users. It's just not necessary. Now, that's not to say that next week some guy might come out with some program that will hit them all. But Apple is really fast to respond to this. And historically, Apple has a fix-out before the antivirus companies can actually get it taken care of. I just don't think it's it's that necessary. And, in fact, that brings up this other topic of there's controversy brewing with maybe we don't need any at all if we get our computers set up properly even in Windows. So it's, um, I think we're going to have an interesting year when it comes to malware and antivirus coming up. There's some people that are shutting it off and taking it off just to test it. Here again, I would not recommend that on a production machine yet. It's too early. Let, let's get some tests done and find out some facts before we go that route. But a Mac, well, a Mac is a Mac. I put that right in the same category as Linux. A Linux computer, I actually believe that you start adding software to it, you hinder the operating system from taking better care of itself. I just don't always think it's uh, what it's all cracked up to be. And what really bothers me is when people buy four or five antivirus and malware and run them all at the same time, you will just take that computer right to a crawl. It's uh, not smart. Find that balance of speed and efficiency, but always maintain your motivation as stability first. And you can tweak and go a little bit every day and test out and do a little bit more and find that real sweet spot where you've got absolute optimum stability with the max speed. Probably make it run faster if you overclock it, but then you're going to kiss your stability goodbye. you got to be able to trust your computer. has to be trustworthy. That's first. Yeah, and Doug, you brought this up a week ago, and it's worth revisiting this this topic, and that is about antivirus and, you know, zero day and all of that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it is an interesting thought process because I think a lot of people put in antivirus and it says, you know, this is going to stop all threats. Well, 
not necessarily, and maybe you can quickly run through that before our weather break, on, on what they mean by all of that in this this growing thought that, you know, maybe what we're doing with antivirus is missing the boat. Well, I, don't, I wouldn't say missing the boat exactly. What I would say is that, that we cannot be overconfident because there we spent go. $30, $40, $50. Yeah, there it, you go. It's, it's just, it's just um, it, it, antivirus and malware is a reactive software. First, something, some machine gets infected, and they find out about it, and then they make the correction. There's no such thing as a, an actual zero day or preventative for, well, we can't program something we don't know about. That's the issue. And that plus the fact that all antivirus and malware software really has access to the lowest level of your computer. That in itself is a vulnerability if you consider that. And that's really what's bringing about this, this huge question of, well, is it good or is it maybe harming us? We, we don't always know. The, the big thing is, is we must be able to trust the companies that we are buying that product from, to, that they know what they're doing and they're, they're honorable and they have the integrity of, we're going to take care of these computers, we're not going to hide anything or, or do anything weird if they, people uninstall our product. And that's part I think has been a little bit overlooked over the years as well. I think it's really worth starting to test it for sure. It, it's, um, it, it's much easier, I think, on the computer if you don't have all those resources going to something that, but there's no such thing as 100%, no matter what operating system, Linux, Windows, Mac, nothing is completely foolproof. Hopefully we'll get there someday, but I don't foresee it. All right, very good. Uh, Doug Swin, joining us. It is Tech Talk. Saturday is between 2 and 3, sports schedules permitting. Uh, when we come back, we're, we're going to find out about the next big uh, cyber threat, Killware. We'll, we'll get Doug's thoughts on that. There, there's been stuff in the news about that. And then a question about uh, Excel and Microsoft Office and options uh, for Microsoft Office. That, that's been talked about in the past, and we'll review that as well with Doug coming up following the weather here on News Talk. E3O and WCCO. We're going to take a step forward in Tech Talk. Doug Swinhart is joining us, and we're going to start right at the phone lines. By the way, our number is 651-461-9226, and that is good for a call or a text. 651-461-9226. And on the phone lines waiting is Dick from Cottage Grove. Dick, here on the air with Doug. Hey, uh, best thing on the radio. I'm the guy that oh, told you in Dark Star how to play the harmonica a few years back. <laughs> nice. <laughs> anyway... Back in the years when we would buy a computer, you'd get a 20-pound bundle of books to how to work everything. Today, you get nothing. Is there any text or something on the Internet to help us old-timers just manage Windows nicely? What oh, you- my, yes. That the Internet is just packed with information. Just got to be careful that you're getting the good information and not the, not the nonsense that somebody might have written that doesn't have a clue. But... Almost every operating system has a full, complete manual online that you can download as a PDF or just review it via your web browser. But over and above that, if you've got a problem, just open up a web browser, go to Google or any other qualified search engine, and just type in your question. Generally speaking, 
within the first five to ten results that is displayed, you'll find one of those that actually is easy for you to understand and easy to follow. And before you know it, you'll have a, a, a whole list of your favorite uh, tech and resource sites. Um, WindowsCentral.com is good. Um, uh, of course, there are just, just so many of them. Um, if you're repairing computers, ifixit.com, and it's I-F-I-X-I-T.com. Started out as mainly for Apples and Macs, but this thing has changed over the years, and they even got plans on how to keep your washer and dryer and microwave. It's a, it's a world thing. Oh, yeah. It's a huge database. Wonderful, wonderful software out there. Yeah, Information and education is not a problem on the Internet. If anything... There's just so much, it's just difficult to weed through. But once you start to learn how to focus your search engines, it's unbelievable what you'll pull up. I can almost guarantee, Steve and Dick, that almost every support person that is on the planet has a computer, and they've got Google and DuckDuckGo, and soon the Brave search engine is coming right along. There's going to be just several search engines that you'll want to be Having that on your desktop and rock and roll right from the start. Again, got to be kind of fussy about what you're looking at and verify. Always verify. Just remember what you did when you were tweaking your computer so you can reverse the process and put it back. First rule, do no harm. If you're making changes, keep track of what you're changing so you can unchange it. That's the nice thing about computers. They're pretty forgiving if you can just keep that in mind. And I hope that helps. Yeah, uh, good good call, and I, I think that has been a concern, uh, young, young old and old when it comes to computers and just navigating. I, I, I feel like a, a lot of it is now designed where you talk to a coworker or you talk to a family member and they lead you through it, or, or it's by trial and error. And I think for some folks that gets frustrating. And, and there's a program that stands out to me that has been extremely frustrating uh, for me, and that is managing uh, Excel and spreadsheets and all the little tricks. And, and you pick them up over time, but it, it can be maddening, especially when there's an update or a new version, and it's kind of like, now how do I do this? Um, and, and I get where people are coming from, but uh, the, the, the help in, in a particular piece of software um, is getting better and getting more robust, but I, I couldn't agree more. I I had a dryer break, and I went to YouTube, brought up the model, and there was a do-it-yourself guy who walked me right through. Uh, I found the part online. It delivered to my house, and I did that appliance repair myself. Saved a ton of money, but it is amazing if you find a credible resource what they can help you with and the videos and the how-tos and so on and so forth. So it is a good one. Speaking of Excel and Microsoft Office, for a long time it was the only game in town. There are other options out there. If you're using uh, the Google Suite, uh, you're familiar with that. There are other products out there. You've talked about Labrea over the years. So Mm -hmm. it it isn't the only game in town when it comes to uh, spreadsheets and uh, word processing, etc., Oh, this is a, a, a main focus with all computers, regardless of operating system, is um, the production software. Every computer has to have some semblance of a word processor, and sure. I think a spreadsheet as well. But you're right, Steve. That there's a, lots of options out there. 
and it don't have to have Linux to be trying some of this open source software. Almost all of the open source software today that you can download and have for free forever, and they live on donations if you're happy with them. They always appreciate $10, $15, whatever you can afford and whatever you feel they're worth. But the fact is, is that they're producing these software in a cross-platform basis, which means that you can install it in Linux, you can install it in Windows, you can install it on a Mac, FreeBSD. And by the way, that brings up another point. We are coming out with new operating systems really, really quickly as the last six months to a year. This is going to get to be another hot topic. Your operating system, what turns our human language into machine code, is huge. Now, a lot of them are setting up to appear to run similar to Windows. Not exactly, but the same technique, no matter what you have for an operating system, if you've got a graphical interface, graphical user interface, a GUI, you'll have a, some semblance of a taskbar, some semblance of a menu key, a menu, and it really is how intuitive this is all put together. And the next step, next thing is, is a lot of the software companies, they are starting to design things in order to sell support. So you've got to kind of watch that as well. A uh, package might just be rock solid for 10 years, and then you get this update, and you think you got to have the update, but, well, it changes enough stuff to where, like you say, Steve, you got to start rethinking your human habits. And we humans, we are creatures of habit. We like to do stuff and learn it to the point to where our movements are just subconscious. That way we can focus on our work. And then once we get to that point, it's difficult to change. It's very understandable how this is. But this is a a big part of computers is going to be how we move forward and evolve and get better with software and still have some semblance of a continuing profit structure for the manufacturers. If we bought a computer and it lasted for 50 years, well, it wouldn't take long before there weren't going to be any new computers. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. So yeah. it's, um, it's a tough balance. And right now, I think that that planned obsolescence, if, if you will, I think it's a little out of whack. I think we need to go a little bit more towards the consumer. If we don't know how long something's going to last, we can't do comparative shopping. If HP, for example, builds a computer that is designed to last 10 years and Dell has something similar, you think you're buying apples to apples, but Dell's only going to go three years, but they're $100 apart. If you don't know that, how would you be able to justify the $100 more for the HP? And that's just a just example. I, I don't know what they're doing. But I think that this is going to be another real difficult thing for us as a society and a world, if you will, for us to master and get through. So it's tough to find that balance. It really is. Um, speaking of that, uh, in, in Excel and in, in adjustments, one of the things – we we've seen from time to time and we're seeing it today on the program is how do you darken or change text size in in my opinion it's one thing to darken the text particularly darken the text in excel drop down menus but but beyond that um learning how to zoom in when you need to and zoom out is pretty important when it comes to laptops and smaller screens and devices oh, um, question yeah. Oh, no question. This is, um, and, and each software, they're getting better. 
But I actually feel that the older versions of Microsoft Office may have been more intuitive, which means when you look at the screen for a spreadsheet, for example, and Microsoft actually came up with this format, the, the title bar across the top, the file, edit, view, insert, format. That heading, just having that heading, well, you want to zoom it? Well, it must be view. That's very intuitive. If they lose that bar, which that's been going away, you can get it back eventually, but just having that, that bar there and having that, that bar consistent through all your software is unbelievably huge to make an operating system and give users a comfort level. Once you get used to that, that title bar across the top, uh, I turn it on anytime it's available. As it just gives you consistency throughout your whole system. But I, I hear what you're saying. And I think, too, that with Microsoft, over the years, they've kind of gone through this transition where, well, you know, we got to keep making money, but at the same time, uh, and some of their users have revolted. And I think that's been the, the big push towards uh, the open source community coming up with office suites. And there's a lot of them today. It's not even like 10 years ago. I can come up with probably eight or nine of them off the top of my head right now. Free Office, uh, Libray, uh, there's uh, Calibra. Uh, there's just a bunch of Office suites, and they are really good runners. Good run, and they have cross-platform again. Got a Mac, got, a, got Windows, PC, FreeBSD or Linux. If it's cross-platform, doesn't matter what you have for a computer. You're going to be able to install it on that computer and maintain your human habits. It's a uh, going to be interesting coming up here to see how Microsoft responds to this. Um, quick, before we go to the break, quick one from our text line. Uh, I haven't heard anything or haven't heard much about LG laptops. Uh, are they good computers? What do you know about the equipment? My level of experience with this is extremely limited. I glance at them and I've played with them. I've had a couple of them in my hands. I'm not so certain that they're not being produced in the same factory as a Samsung. They're looking to me to be like pretty good equipment. Well, but here again, time will tell. I don't think that 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 LG has uh, with computers anyway anywhere. The the uh, the reputation for for repairs and warranty that say HP has. HP has really got the warranty thing down pat last several years, and in the business class. HP has a full line of business class computers, and there's a reason that they're a couple hundred bucks more. The HP ProBook, for example, I think it's like 20 years old, that line, and they just keep running and running and running. Just a fantastic computer for a laptop or a notebook. Um, and that's really what I look for is you know, if you got a company that has an excellent reputation, that's going to be huge going forward. So we all know that the the financial difficulties that these guys have had. Um, they, they're such a competitive industry. And as the, the manufacturing goes forward, well, that automatically accelerates. The, the product parts usually become more, more available. Well, now we got this chip thing going on, so that's kind of threw a monkey wrench into everything. But the prices just automatically drop with digital equipment. Just automatic. As they manufacture, they crank up the manufacturing, and that creates more competition. And it's very difficult. It's a tough, tough business these days. I, I like the competition, but I don't want it to get to a point to where it's so confusing that we don't even know what to buy. I think LG would be a good purchase. If you like uh, LG products, and I know a lot of people do, 
I think those computers are pretty nice computers from what I can tell. You get a lot more experience when you own one and you're on it all day, every day. That really tells the story. But equipment is good equipment. We've never lived in a time where we've had better equipment and at cheaper prices, except for the fancy stuff, the video cards. But it's a interesting business. It's a, this year and last year, partly because of COVID, the entire shopping habits of the country has changed. And that's put a lot of stress on these guys that thought they were going to sell half a million computers and maybe got 350000 Their sales are down somewhat, no question. And the quality of their product is up. I can see them scratching their head going, oh, this is not good. But it's a tough balance to meet. I hope we do better in the future than we've done the last several years. Quick break. We'll have more Tech Talk in a moment with Doug, 651-461-9226, 651-461-9226. Maybe you've uh, read about killware attacks in the news. There, there's ransomware, there's malware, there's killware. We'll get into all of that. Uh, and just, just really another version of what uh, the bad guys, if you will, are trying to do in uh, cyberspace. We'll get into all of that in a moment here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Tech Talk with Doug on a Saturday. The uh, phone number again, 651-461-9226. Feel free to uh, call the program or text. And we've had calls, we've had texts today, and we certainly do appreciate that. We want to get to that uh, killer story from earlier in the week. Uh, The Secretary of Homeland Security uh, said killware is the next big cyber threat. We've heard about ransomware and malware. Uh, Some big companies have been attacked uh, by the the bad guys and ransomware attacks, hospitals, uh, the uh, Colonial Pipeline attack. But there was one that was particularly concerned, and that was uh, the evildoers worked their way into a water system down in Florida, and instead of shutting it down and and demanding payment, they tried to alter the chemical balance in the water to make it harmful for the people that would receive that water into their homes and businesses. And because we're so reliant on computer systems and automated systems, um, I, I suppose this makes sense that not only could they shut down a grid or a pipeline, but they could also use that information or, or use uh, the the network to uh, maybe change formulas in, in products, or in this case, uh, the chemicals going in to treat water. Oh, this is, this is um, you know, this, it's, it's good, I think, that, the, that Homeland Security announced this. And they didn't come right out and say it, but it... it the tone that I picked up was, this is another country that is actually kind of testing stuff out. If, if it's not, it's so focused that, and they're, they're not going after any money. They're not going after logins. Or they went right after that water treatment plant. And if if a country can take over mass utilities, well, how could you fight back from that? Yeah. You cut off the food supply for the entire nation and cut off gas supply and electricity. My God, where, where would you go? And the thing is, if they don't come out and say who it is. Well, they actually don't really know at this point. But this, to me, looks like one government going after another government on a world basis. It's a, This is the, scares me more than anything. And remember, Steve, a long time ago, the United States was the only 
country that was producing microchips around the planet. And we kind of shipped that off to China. And when we were doing that, I scratched my head and I said, well, you guys, these are programmable chips. They've got software in them. Well, how difficult is it to put in a back door into a, into a, a microchip? Nobody else has access to it except that back door guy. I, I th- think it was dangerous to, well, to give away that technology. Well, and, and that gets back into the whole Huawei, um, the, the big Chinese telecommunications and networks they were building around the world. And a lot of companies or a lot of countries, uh, including the U.K. and others, have said, hold on, time out, wait a minute, what are we doing here? What's going on? Can can we trust this company that isn't just an extension of, for instance, the Chinese government, or the Chinese government has access and has a way to infiltrate, you know, our our computer networks, our telecommunications networks? So this is this is ongoing, and it goes back to what we talked about earlier in the program, because you have, uh, say, for instance. Uh, Malware or anti-malware and antivirus on your computer doesn't mean you're 100% safe. There, there's still an obligation when you're online or when you get an email with an attachment to know what's going on there. You, you can't be 100% protected. And may, maybe that's the final message in the program. You still got to be careful. Uh, oh, no question. You know, sure. whether you have malware bytes or, or some sort of other program, you, you, you still got to be diligent. Well, and this, this is why I've really been playing with uh, VirtualBox from Oracle. If I've got a virtual machine in my operating system and I get a, a questionable email, well, I can open up that operating system inside the VirtualBox and I can let that email go and unwind that zip file and click on that executable file. Worst case scenario, it's going to completely attack that machine. Well, I delete it and I copy over a copy that I just made. Yeah. It takes minutes. Got to yeah. protect that main operating system. Yep. We're going to end up with machines that almost every one of them have some type of sandbox in them where it's a test bed. This is coming probably within the next six months to a year. And we, we should get into that next week on, on strategies people can use so that they are protecting themselves and, and creating an extra layer. We, we should get into that. But but we need to run. We're, we're coming up on the news at 3 o'clock. Uh, Doug, let, let's get your phone number and email out there right now. Oh, thank you, Steve. 651 651- Five five two nine five four three, and of course admin a d m i n at wccotech.com wccotech.com and thank you Steve have a good weekend yeah take care Doug enjoy a lovely day and it looks like it's going to be beautiful again tomorrow indeed all right tech talk Doug's winning a hard Saturdays between two and three o'clock we look forward to hearing from you next week. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
Arts. <laughs>